What is your claim to fame? Maybe you can come and tell me later. You don't have the microphone. I do, so I'm going to tell you mine. (laughs) My claim to fame is that my mum's cousin, my first cousin once removed, Robert George Halverson, was a speaker, was a member of the House of Representatives in federal parliament for 12 years. Um, From 84 to 98. Uh, That's not... That's not 12 years, is it? Doesn't matter. Don't worry about the dates. <laughs> During that time, he was Speaker of the House of Reps. Uh, he, he became Speaker. He was part of the John Howard government uh, and he was impartial. He uh, supposed to be a little bit biased when you're a Speaker of the House and you're supposed to call to order the opposition. Not so much your own party. You sort of overlook a few things. Well, one day he, he actually called to order the Prime Minister himself. It didn't go down so well. And uh, not long after, he retired from federal (laughs) politics. But uh, he was then moved... Do we have a photo of him? Uh, He was then moved to um, become the ambassador to Ireland. So my first cousin once removed was the ambassador to Ireland. It's my claim to fame. Not bad. And not a bad place to go to. And uh, I looked up this week, so who are you? What, what What is an ambassador? And as an ambassador, you are this. You are the resident representative and authorised messenger of your government, the ruling authority of your country. And Bob was ambassador to Ireland. It's not sound official anymore, does it? Sounds Robert George Halverson sounds a whole lot more ambassadorial. Bob was ambassador. He was the resident representative. He went from Australia and resided, and it could have been worse, but he found himself in Ireland. Not a bad place to be an ambassador to. Better than Baghdad, I'd reckon. <laughs> and your role of, as an ambassador is this. Again, throw it up on the screen. You carry the message. You carry the message. You speak on behalf of our country. You speak on behalf of our government. The Prime Minister, you carry forward our messages to their country, to their government. Your role is to represent your country well. I couldn't imagine that Bob rocked up to perhaps meeting with their Prime Minister in stubbies and thongs with a six-pack of tinnies and offering to play a game of cricket. He represented our country well. He would have dressed the part. He would have spoken the part. He would have represented us well. Not little Johnny Howard. He... uh, He was there to improve and promote friendly relations and to promote peace, to de-escalate any tensions, to mediate, to ensure that our countries got along. I don't know if there's too much animosity between Australia and Ireland, but if there was, he was going to step into that gap. And funnily enough, in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, Paul, writing to the church, says something incredibly similar. I want to read it to you. And God has made all things new and reconciled us to himself and given us the ministry of reconciling others to God. In other words, it was through the anointed one that God was shepherding the world, not even keeping records of their transgressions. And he has entrusted to us the ministry of of opening the door of reconciliation to God. We are ambassadors of the anointed one who carry the message of Christ to the world as though God were tenderly pleading with them directly through our lips. So we tenderly plead with you on Christ's behalf. 
Turn back to God and be reconciled to him. Not only Bob was an ambassador, guess what? So are you. And if you want, you could have that as your claim to fame. You could be Ambassador Adam. And talking this morning with Levi, he said, if you want, you can put the flags on the front of your car as you're driving around town now. (laughs) Just to say, you know what? I'm an ambassador. I'm an ambassador of Jesus Christ. That is who we are. And as ambassadors, guess what? Our role is this. We are the resident representatives of the ruling authority, Jesus Christ. We are now authorised messengers of his. And our role as ambassador is to carry his message. It was right there in the passage. Is to represent him well. To improve and promote friendly relations. To promote peace. To reconcile. So here's a few introductory thoughts for you. Now that you know that you're an ambassador... You know, the best part about that is life now has purpose. Life has purpose. We are not here to suck a little bit of oxygen, kick a bit of dust, make a few dollars to pay the rent, to pay the mortgage, to put enough food on the table, just to take up a little bit of time and space until we're done. We have purpose. You, every day, have reason to get out of bed because I get to represent the King of Kings every single day. It gives our life purpose and meaning. Is that good? I thought it was good. (laughs) Pastor Chris preached a a sermon last week. He kicked off a new series called Heroes and Villains. And so the next thought that popped into my head as I was preparing this one is going, you know what? Uh, And and sorry, just if you weren't here last week, the context of that is there is a hero and a villain inside every one of us. And so as as I hear that thought, I am an ambassador of Jesus Christ. I tell you what pops into head all the times I am not. And I do not represent him well. All the times that I've messed that up well and truly to the point of maybe going a little bit red in the face and cringing and going, man, the way I've represented Jesus Christ on earth to my family, to my kids, to my, in the street, to my neighbours, driving down the road in my workplace. I know and I am so conscious of the times that I have not represented Jesus well. I don't know if you know that story. Maybe it is just me. And Pastor Chris, because it's always Pastor Chris. He's always like, is it just me? It's him and me. But you know what? Why don't we leave the condemnation there? Why don't we leave the condemnation there? Why don't we just leave it at this thought? I represent Jesus poorly, maybe even often. I do. I admit it. I admit that there is a villain inside of me. Because, you know, the best... Uh, the best uh, the best knowledge that we can have the best approach to that thought is this there is not God waiting on the end of that thought to beat us up he is not there going yep you do a rubbish job of representing me isn't that good news (laughs) he's not sitting there going yes and I condemn you too so why don't we just go you know what there are times and maybe even often I am a villain and I do a poor job of representing Jesus Christ Thirdly, but we are not representing Jesus Christ to Ireland. We're not ambassadors to Ireland. So where are we ambassadors to? Um, For some of us, maybe it's we are called to be an ambassador to, uh, I don't know, to Ireland, to Uganda, to somewhere in South America, to be a missionary and to represent Jesus there. But you know what? For most of us, we're here. We are resident representatives right here. In the place that I call home, 
in the places and the spaces that I spend my week, that's where I am his representative. Um, right here in Toowoomba, right in the Lockyer Valley, right in this region. If you're on online campus, wherever you are, wherever you reside, wherever you spend 168 hours in the week, that is where you are his ambassador, his representative. Thank you, Levi, I appreciate that. Wherever you reside, that is where you are his representatives. Cool? Good. There's just the introductory thoughts. I've got more. I've got 10 minutes. So let's get practical. Let's get down into, well, how do we do that? How do we carry his message? How do we represent him well? How do we improve and promote friendly relations and promote peace? And I've got three thoughts for you this morning. We, we do all that through extending forgiveness by not keeping records, by re-establishing broken relationships, this reconciliation 2 Corinthians talked about, and bringing an end to hostilities and bringing peace. So I want to talk about those three things this morning. Forgiveness, forgiveness, just an easy start. The best thing about being an uncle is you can give gifts like this to your nieces and your nephews. You give kids these toys that aren't yours and walk away. That is one of the best things about being an uncle. Now, this one isn't battery-powered, but we all know those toys where you give them a, a, a drum set or you give them that gun that they just pull the trigger and it makes loud, stupid noises all day or you give them a little keyboard that they can play and they can wake their parents up the next morning. But I read this, I think it's a brilliant image of forgiveness this week. Forgiveness is like taking the batteries out of a child's noisy toy that tends to annoyingly turn on unexpectedly and disrupt what you are doing. The toy remains present when we remove the batteries, but without the battery, it can't disrupt anything. It is just there. What a brilliant picture of forgiveness. Forgiveness is removing the battery out of that offence. Let's talk about it. Where do you reside? Well, in your workplace. In your workplace. We probably are familiar that in our workplace we've been undervalued and underappreciated. We've been overlooked. We've put in the effort and we've uh, missed the promotion. Worse than that, there's backstabbing, there's gossip, there's rumour and somehow that's stuck on us. And in those moments as Jesus' representative, what do you do? We take out the battery. We extend forgiveness where it's undeserved. We let stuff go through to the keeper. In our marriage, it's such a destructive force to hold on to unforgiveness. But the picture is to remove that, to not keep rehashing where we think someone's let us down and repeatedly bringing that up. Man, as his ambassadors, we let go of unforgiveness with our children, not We were hoping for this and they haven't done that. We were hoping they'd make these healthy decisions, these wise decisions, but they've made other decisions. They've actually made, you know what, they've made us look bad, (laughs) which is often what it comes down to. But we remove the battery because if we just live in that space and we're holding on to the offence or the disappointment, we live through that lens 
But actually, why don't we let those things go? As his ambassadors, we actually pass on the forgiveness that we were singing about this morning. Taking the batteries out. Just thought I'd start in an easy space this morning. Just offering forgiveness. Let's move on to the next easy one. Reconciliation. Because we've been given the ministry... And I love this picture that the the Passion Translation communicates this way. We've been given the the job of opening the door for reconciliation. What a great picture, opening the door for reconciliation. And if you've lived on planet Earth for a little while, there's probably broken relationships somewhere in your story. Um, About 15 years ago, I've told this story once before. It was on a Sunday night. I want to pull it out again. Um, Brett... Uh, I just had some interactions with a young fellow called Brett. He's probably 10 years younger than me. And Brett, um, Brett was estranged from his dad. His parents had gone through a divorce and, uh, and dad then had left. And so Brett grew up most of his at least teenage life without dad in the picture and just a, a little bit of a sense of, um, well, definitely separation, but rejection and abandonment. And, uh, and in the conversation where he was just telling me about his story, I said, well, mate, you, you don't have to wait until dad does something about that. And it was just a throwaway line. And um, I give throwaway lines and generally then I forget about them. But a couple of years later he comes back and goes, um, remember what you said to me about my dad? And I, no, absolutely not. Um, but uh, I just want to know that, um, well, I opened the door for reconciliation with my dad. And uh, about five years later, actually, Brett texts me. I'd lost track with Brett and he texts me and he just said, um, I just wanted to thank you for, for what you said all those years ago because, um, because Dad spent Christmas with my family. Wow. Uh, he was married with two children. And then about four years later, he sends me another text. I just want to thank you again for what you said because we just went on holiday with my dad and my kids have a grandfather that they can share life with. Yeah? Yeah, absolutely. Brilliant story. Because Brett made a courageous decision to open the door for reconciliation because he knew that he was an ambassador, a resident representative of Jesus Christ on planet Earth. But again, we are familiar with this story. There is a breakdown of relationship. There's a breakdown of relationship through maybe uh, some, some event like a parents divorcing or, or maybe through some sort of offence. But then it's quickly multiplied by time and distance, isn't it? When something happens to us in breakdown of relationship, time and distance starts to multiply that effect. And and before long, it's 10 years later. And, And then it's that awkward, like, well, I'm not doing anything about that. I'm not doing anything about that. I'm not going to be the first one that takes the step towards resolving that situation. But as resident representatives of Jesus Christ, we have been entrusted with that ministry of reconciliation to take the steps towards opening the door of reconciliation. It's such a great picture. So may I ask you, what door do you need to go and knock on? What relationship needs rebuilding? Maybe it's just a a little bit of that ditching the pride and ditching the offence. And carrying the message of reconciliation. Just thought I'd throw in some easy ones for you this morning. I think we're also called to promote peace. Promote peace. 
And uh, you know what? In our workplace, I don't know if you've, you know, there's always tension in workplace, isn't there? Um, But I've worked in a workplace where um, gossip was the norm. Gossip was the norm. And it was such a destructive force to break down anything that resembled peace and trust. And, and I came up with a de- definition because of it. Uh, gossip is this, talking about someone behind their back and having no intention of having that conversation with that person. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Um, and, and because if I can have that conversation with you about that person, what's to stop me having a conversation with that person about you? And that is why there's no peace and that is why there's no trust. But as his representatives, let's be the ones in our workplace that don't enter into the gossip. And if there's a culture of gossip, my goodness, it is easy to get caught up into it. You don't even know you're there. And oh no, we're talking about people again. But be the one that just goes, I'm not playing that game. I'm not playing that game. I I had a relationship with with one person and and I realised the only thing we ever talk about is about other people. And so I stopped and I didn't have a lot to talk about with that person. It got a little bit awkward for a while. But I realised, I don't want to do that. That's not going to be the basis of our relationship. And as you work in a workplace, there's, there's, you know, there's going to be tension because there's real people with different personalities working on a task to get things done in time frames. There's going to be tension. And our job is to de-escalate the tensions and to bring peace into that workplace. And I love how the Bible is so practical. Proverbs 15 verse 1 says this, A gentle answer turns away wrath. The Passion Translation says it this, Respond gently when you are confronted, and you'll diffuse the rage of another. Responding with sharp cutting words will only make things worse. When wisdom speaks, understanding becomes attractive. Oh, boom. I love that one. When wisdom speaks, when wisdom is gentle... When wisdom refused to go, no, I'm buying into that. You don't say that to me. When wisdom is gentle and soft, understanding becomes attractive. And, and as, his, as his ambassadors, responding gently. But you know as well as I do that we now live in a world, in an everyday culture that says this. You have a right to an opinion. You do have a right to an opinion. And a lot of people exercise it. And here's the news. Here's the absolute honest truth. Absolutely you do have a right to an opinion. Every single one here, we have a right to an opinion. But I love Romans 14. And I think this is a really hot tip for us as ambassadors. In Romans 14, I'm not going to read it to you. You can have a look at it. It talks about two laws. The law of liberty and the law of love. I love this. I think this makes our Christianity so practical. The law of liberty is I have freedoms. I have freedoms to voice my opinion. I have freedoms to do whatever I want. I am free. I have liberty. But for the sake of love, the law of love, I will limit my freedoms for the sake of others. Man, that's what our faith looks like. That is what Christianity 101 looks like. I will step back. It sounds awfully like someone who stepped down from heaven. And leaving all of that privilege and glory to come to earth 
in physical form as a man to die on a cross. The law of liberty, the law of love. To represent the king, to represent the king well. But to represent the king and to represent him well, I think it must start with knowing the king himself and knowing what he's like. And I want to finish with those thoughts today. What is he like? He is a God who offers us incredible forgiveness. Incredible forgiveness. Forgiveness when we say, God, I know I've done wrong. It is never forgiveness pending. It is never forgiveness pending. Let your mind have a little bit of a think about this and your imagination work and just go, you know what, when you say, God, would you forgive me? You don't get this screen or your phone and there's this little buffering symbol on there. (laughs) Forgiveness pending. And you receive a notification a couple of days later. Forgiveness granted. It's never that. It's a yes for me is what it is. And I don't want to use, you know, popular culture to downplay the outrageous forgiveness of God. God, would you forgive me? Yep. But yes, God's forgiveness is incredibly outrageous in that he would just go, yes. The outrageousness of this is tomorrow's sin is already forgiven. What? Pardon? I don't understand. No, it's outrageous. That God's forgiveness towards you is yes. It's a yes from me. No matter what, no matter how often, no matter how heinous, ugly, it's a yes from me. And that God went out of his way to re-establish connection, to open the door for reconciliation. And the cross and Jesus Christ coming to earth is the outrageous demonstration of God's love for us. You won't get how much I love you unless I come to earth and I'm willing to actually die for you and you watch that happen. That's the demonstration of his incredible love, the lengths that he would go to for reconciliation and that he ends hostilities. I love Romans 5.1 with such a simple little phrase but it is incredibly profound that we have peace with God that we have peace with God, that God has been the one that has established peace with us. And if you are here today and you've never accepted that as your story, if you're with us online this morning and you've never known that you have peace with God, that you have unbelievable forgiveness already granted to you, if you would just turn and go, yep, I'm going to put my trust in that, that you have reconciliation with God. It is simply just just a moment in your heart when if it's heartfelt just to go yes I'm going to put my trust in that I'm going to accept God's story of my life if that's you make that decision today to walk into the incredible freedom that we have for those of us who know that story here's a few questions and the first one is what is your image of the one you represent? Have you truly accepted that you have peace with God? Because often we can get caught just with head knowledge. Yep, I'm forgiven. That's nice. I have peace with God. That's cool. But it's far more than head knowledge. And it starts with understanding the one that we represent and who he is. Hey, tomorrow, 
What's an obvious place that you can be his representative? What's one place that you're going to go, you know what, I'm going to deliberately go to that place and be his representative. I'm going to be thinking about this one tomorrow. What's one practical way you can live that? So it's the where and the how. What relationship needs you to promote friendly relations, to end hostilities, to bring peace? And what could it be a courageous step that you could take in that direction? Who in your world needs forgiveness extended to them? Where do you need to take the batteries out? How could you begin that journey to forgiveness if it's a little bit bigger than somebody called me an idiot? If it is, maybe just taking the first step to forgiveness in that journey. How could you add peace to your workplace, to your home, to your place of study, etc.? I'm hoping that I will see a few flags on the front of a few cars (laughs) so that we will remember that we are every single day, 168 hours in the week, his representatives. God bless you. Sarah, kicking over to you.